Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Jody Rosser. Jody is on the show today talking about how a little perspective goes a long way based on my devotional, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. Jody is the author of Depth, where she explores heartbreak. And she says, what if your greatest heartbreak catapults you to your greatest growth? Today's episode is for the woman whose heart has been shattered into a million pieces, to the hurting heart whose world has changed in an instant, to the grieving soul who struggles to get out of bed. You are understood and you are seen, and this episode is for you. A little perspective goes a long way. Hello, Jody, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm happy to have you. Thank you for having me, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here. So today's conversation is all about how a little perspective goes a long way. And I was trying to think back about how you and I met, and I think it was originally like Hope Writers, and then maybe you wrote for one of my devotions, and then I wrote for one of yours, or like a blog. And then you and I, then I think I was on your podcast, and now you're on mine. So it's just been such a beautiful friendship, and I'm excited to introduce you to all of my listeners today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think it was Hope Writers. I think we started in that little Instagram group where we kind of supported each other and I got to read your content on, and I just really loved what you had to share. And then we, you had a book come out. I had a book come out. And so we've just been really exciting to kind of cheer each other on and your episodes going to release just later this week or, or actually this month, sorry, in December, but anyway, so exciting. And yeah, I'm very grateful to have met you. So you have written a book titled Depth, which is growing through heartbreak to strength. And so we're starting off strong today. You have such a joyful personality and that it's something that I um, just uh, admire so much about you, but we are going to start kind of with the heartbreak, which is such a hard, unfair place to start for you. Um, but, but I'd like to start there and then, and then we'll, we'll grow into this, the strength and the depth as, as we continue on. So would you start today's conversation as hard as it may be by sharing your heartbreak stories with us? Yeah, no, I'm happy to do it. You know, sadly, everyone walks through heartbreaking circumstances. And so I think a lot of people can relate and maybe your circumstances are different than what I share, but I think that all of us walk through these storms of life and they're unexpected. They come out of nowhere. My very first one was when I was just in my late twenties and I had a miscarriage and it was in between my two boys. And at the point that I had it, I was in my second trimester. So, you know, um, you, you know, have kids and you kind of have that feeling if something could go wrong the first trimester, but then you kind of get that, oh, I've hit the second trimester and you, the heartbeat's strong and you just think I'm in the clear. And that's when just weeks later, we found out that the baby's heartbeat had stopped. And so it was devastating. I felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me and just, it was the first time life did not go as I had planned. And I think that in your twenties, I just didn't know how to deal, deal with that. The heartbreak was so real and lots of tears, lots of just crying out to God, trying to understand the why. And I think at that point in time, one of the life lessons I learned is that after that heartbreak, someone else walked through something similar and I could come alongside and help them. And so my life verse was birthed from that one, but I don't know if tons of depth happened in that one, but it was my very first one. I feel like God kind of, you know, the depth was starting to grow, but my greatest heartbreak where I feel like I had the most depth and the most growing in my faith was my divorce, which was many years later. And it was devastating. No one wants that for their family. No one wants that for their kids to grow up in a home that's broken. And I felt like a broken pot just broken into all these pieces. And so I'll share more about that when we get to perspective, but it was devastating. And I, I feel like that is where so much of this word depth that we're going to get into more came from because I was just 
diving deep into my Bible, diving deep into other Christian books. And I thought it was for my healing, but little did I know it was also for my growing and my roots were growing deeper and I didn't even know. So that's why I love this image of a tree with deep roots in the depth. But, but the last one, and again, there's more to come <laughs> that are recently happening, but the last one in the book is my friend got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and her kids are the exact same age as my kids. We both met when they were two. Now our oldest are going to be 20 later this year. And so we met many years ago and, and she passed when the kids were 11, um, the oldest ones. And so it was devastating four months from diagnosis to her passing. And I went to her uh, chemo appointments with her and just really walked through it with her. And that just broke me. So those are the three heartbreaks that I share in the book. And again, if you haven't had a cancer diagnosis or your family member hasn't or divorce or miscarriage, that doesn't mean the book still can't be something you can relate to because all of us do walk through heartbreak, but those are the three of my greatest heartbreaks. Yeah. I think that that's such a good point. Like we, our heart all breaks for different reasons and we're all going through different circumstances and like to even measure or compare heartbreaks in our own life versus heartbreaks in other people's lives. Like it, whatever hurts your heart and breaks your heart is, is real. And we need to be sympathetic. Very real. sympathize with that and empathize um, with that, whatever anybody is going through. And so I'd love to hear, you know, you mentioned, you know, going into God's word and, and kind of leaning into him and your relationship with him during these times. So I'd love to hear how God met you through these heartbreaks. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You don't know God is all you need until he's all you have. Like you wake up and it's like, how do you get out of bed? How do you help kids with grief when you don't even know what, how to grieve yourself? And, you know, I just, I remember just getting my Bible and sometimes I didn't even know where to turn. I had a, actually one of the devotionals that really helped me in the middle of it was the Jesus calling. And it's a devotional written by Sarah Young. And she writes it from the perspective, like Jesus is talking to you. And so many times it would say like, hand in hand, we're going to get through this together, or don't try to do life's problems alone. And I feel like it was just words I needed to hear to remind myself that I don't have the strength. So I have to depend on you, God, for the strength. And so it just brought me to this place of utter dependence on God. And, you know, when things are good, we don't live in that space because we have to, we have the self, you know, strength to do it ourselves. We, we don't need to rely on God in the way we do when everything kind of has fallen around, you know, fallen apart around us. And so I feel like those days I, I would just cry out, God, help me. Um, sometimes it would be a longer devotional in the morning. I, I find my power hours are in the morning. Like I'm a, I'm a morning person. And so my kids at that time were young. They were seven and 11. And so they were very young. And so they would go to bed, you know, eight o'clock. Now they go to bed. Usually I go to bed before they do now that they're <laughs> teenagers. But back then, you know, I would have a good hour to read in my bed from eight to nine. I would usually probably fall asleep with the book on my head because I would just be so tired. But I would be up early uh, because I had get to bed so early. I, a lot of times fall asleep when they did. And so I just felt like God was just pouring into me before I go to bed and when I wake up, it was just this bookends of just give me strength, God. It, it, sometimes it was just a prayer. And a lot of times it was just read the Jesus calling. It took two, two or three minutes, but just pouring into myself of I, I'm reminding myself I can't do this alone and that I don't have to do it alone, that I have this savior that wants to help me through it. And it's kind of interesting because I don't think we always live in that state, you know? And so to be brought to a place where, you know, you can't do it alone. I think that's actually a bless in the middle of the mess. I call that, um, you know, there's not a lot of blessings in the middle of grief, but that's one of them because you realize that God is enough. And so that was one of the things that helped me. Um, another thing was counseling. I feel like having another person, I feel like grief, I feel like it's two things. You aren't supposed to do it alone. 
um, you need God and you need friends and support system. And so for me, I had a Christian counselor who constantly pointed me back to perspective changes, you know, I needed to see and, or help me through the grief of, you know, what do I do uh, with these emotions I'm feeling? I, I call myself very emotionally illiterate before I didn't know how to deal with disappointment, the hard ones. And those are the ones you feel when life falls apart. Right. And so I feel like God really help me walk, learn how to do that. And then teach my kids. I, I say in my book to my kids in the acknowledgements, like, thank you for letting me just be one step ahead of you and learning these skills, because I would learn something and then I go home and try to help them with it. And so, but yeah, I feel like that, that God met me in that, in that real tangible way. Like I, I just, I thought I had a strong faith before I had been walking, you know, going to church and had quiet times with God and all these things that I thought I had had a, a depth to my faith, but I didn't even have a close to what happened in the middle of the heartbreak because it just took it up like six notches. Like just I needed time with him. And there was, I remember a day where I just didn't have the time and I raced out the door and it was like the worst day. I kept crying all day and couldn't deal with life. And so that night I remember reading what I should have read that morning. It was like exactly what I needed to hear. And I was like, <laughs> okay, no more of that. I got to really get up, even if it's five extra minutes and get that truth in my head. Because sometimes that truth was what I just clung to all day. Yeah. You know, I, I, it is interesting because I find that too, that we, when heartbreak and troubles and trials happen, that that is what, what hopefully pushes us to get closer to the Lord, you know, and, and when things are good, we're, we don't have a tendency to, to lean on him as much as when things are bad. Um, so you, you've kind of alluded to this and you even have an acronym, um, about strength. So I'd love to hear that too, but how did your heartbreak your heart breaks, I guess, strengthen you and catapult you to your greatest growth. Mm, okay. Well, first I got to introduce the tree because this is something I love so much. So gosh, I want to say it was like three years into the divorce. Um, I read a book and it was all about this tree and these deep roots. And I just fell in love with this word depth. And I had no idea that later it would become the title of my podcast, as well as the title of my first book. But I just knew like, wow, I want this depth. And, and then I realized where does the depth happen in your, your life? Most of the time, I mean, yes, you can have depth happen in the good times, but most of the time what catapults that growth is the heartbreak. So I like to say, what if your greatest heartbreak catapults you to your greatest growth? So if you can have that perspective, now, obviously that doesn't mean there's not pain and there's not hurt and there's not sadness and anger and all the feelings. I'm not trying to like sugarcoat loss, but what if you can look at that loss as a catapult you or a catalyst to your growth? I love the quote that John Ortberg says that, you know, if you ask someone when they grow deepest in their faith, the answer would be suffering. But if you ask someone else when they walked away from their faith, the answer would be suffering. So suffering's the catalyst. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to run to God in your pain? And that doesn't mean you don't have doubts and you don't have anger. You still just run to him and you invite him into it versus turning your back and walking away. So I feel like the heartbreak is the catalyst to the depth of the growth in your faith. And then the strength comes because you just can't do it in your own strength. So admitting that. And so I use the word strength. I love how God works. Cause when I wrote the book originally, it was just going to be on the divorce. And then as I was preparing my book proposal, God kind of put a little tug in my heart of you have two other heartbreaks that need to go in that book. And I thought, Oh yeah, the miscarriage and my friend passing would, you know, be something that maybe others would relate to. Then I thought to myself, how do you write a book with three storylines? God, like, I don't understand. Like what, what, how is this going to flow? And I had been praying for wisdom on how to write a book with three different storylines. And on a field trip to my son, we were on the bus ride. I was sitting next to this woman. It was no one, no one to talk to. It was, we were kind of, didn't have a lot of connection. And I just sat there in silence. It was like an hour drive. And God just dropped into my head, this 
acronym for strength that is the way I divide up the book. So I'll just say it real quick. There's a lot I could go into, but just for timing, I'm just going to read it. But um, there's a lot more depth to it. <laughs> but the <laughs> S is seek God and invite him into your pain. And that's where you really start. You really need to just ask God to, to meet you in the middle of it. T, there's two T's in strength. So the first T is tearfully allow yourself time to grieve and process the emotions. That is so important. You cannot heal until you feel. And people want to miss that part. They want to numb the feelings and escape the feelings. And it's not going to help. You have to feel to grieve. Um, R is replace your finite view with God's infinite perspective, which we're going to get into more on that because your book with your perspective chapter and then e is embrace god's character development in the midst of the chaos sometimes that is the thing god's doing is he's growing you and he's growing your character and sometimes we don't like that no one likes to be chiseled i have a chapter called embrace the chisel no one likes that right who wants to be chiseled but in order for us to become more christ-like in order to grow and have our roots grow deeper we have to you know have those times where we're chiseled and you know, all of pruning, you know, so many analogies with plants. I could go crazy. That's my favorite thing to talk about. Okay. Um, N is never lose sight of God's grace. And this chapter, this section in the book, um, some heartbreaks have shame attached to them. Uh, my divorce did. I felt very shameful. My miscarriage, I didn't. There wasn't any shame attached to that one. So I have a chapter or a section all about God's grace and it deals with shame. And I talk about forgiveness and things that might not always apply to every heartbreak, but are super important for those that that are feeling that because God doesn't want you to feel like you can't be used because of what happened to you. And, and that is not true. That is Satan's lie in your ear. God can use anything. He can redeem any heartbreak. You just have to take your broken pieces and like give them to Jesus. And so don't believe that he does not have grace for you. If you feel like there's something that is causing you shame. Um, G is give praise to God, even as your heart breaks. And it's interesting. It's really hard to thank the Lord and to give praise and to be grateful in the middle of heartbreak. It's like, what? Those don't seem like they should go together. But I found that when I was able to, it was this amazing change in me inter internally, not externally. All the circumstances still were the same. Nothing changed on the outside, but so much changed on the inside. And so I have a section in there on that. And then the second T is trust God is good when your mind is doubting and you don't understand. And I made this the second T because it's really hard to always trust at the beginning. You're kind of like, why God, why is this happening? But you do eventually want to get there. You don't want to stay stuck in that doubt. You want to eventually trust God is doing something beyond what you can understand. And that also kind of plays into the perspective. And then H, honestly, share your story and help another hurting heart. And that's when it comes full circle. Each one of my heartbreaks, I was able to help another person about a year or two after that walked through something very similar. And it kind of was a way for me to take my my things that God had taught me, how he had been faithful to me and just share them. It wasn't anything more than that. I didn't have all the answers, but I was just able to say, this is how God met me in my pain. Maybe this will help you. And it just really brought my healing full circle. I love, I love just how practical and applicable all of those things are. And I could see how almost most days you can walk through that process. Okay, God, I need strength. And this is, this is the way that I'm going to lean on you and, and, and try to grow in that way. And so you talk about the importance of growing these deep roots in our faith as we walk through heartbreak. So we're going to have to walk through heartbreak. I mean, that's a promise in the Bible, right? Like in this world, we will have trouble. And, and I even am thinking about even Jesus as he walked the earth, his, and even God's heart breaks, right? I mean, we, we see that yes. in scripture, Jesus wept. So like, and he, and you just talked about suffering, even like Jesus suffered and he can relate to us in our 
suffering. So I'd love just for you just to, do you have anything else to say about how we walk through these, these heartbreaks, um, through this, the strength acronym, or is there some other kind of process that, that you've kind of walked through and that you would recommend we walk through? Well, first, let me just say that the strength acrostic is not like a one and done. Like this isn't like, oh, I've done each one of these steps once and I'm, 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 I'm fine now. Cause it's not like that at all. And so I say that in the beginning of my book, that this is sometimes you make your way a little bit through it. Sometimes you're stuck in one stage for a long time. Sometimes you're doing multiple stages at the same time. So it's not linear. So let me just say that. And it's not a check off the list. And oh, then I'm, shoot. Grief, Jody, grief. I wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say it was Rachel. Oh, wouldn't we all just think that was the way. But sadly, some people want that because they just don't want to feel the hurt. Mm -hmm. And so they want something quick and grief mm -hmm. is not quick. It is, it is something where you have to go through it. Like that's the key word through. And so when I share this, I, I, the very beginning, it was like, I don't want people to think it's just a quick little thing. So this is just the way I feel like when I'm going through something hard and I'm going to share something right now, because it's funny. I told you this when we started uh, a new heartbreak's happening in my life and I can't get into every detail, but it's a family that I dearly love. And there's just stuff going on with the kids and it's just heartbreaking. And I today, at, before we even started this interview, had called a friend and I was sharing with her and we cried together and we prayed for each other. And she's walking through something with her dad. And, and, and I could list like five friends that are walking through hard things. Another one lost her mother. And uh, there are so many people hurting and grieving. And so what do we do? Well, we have to start with asking God to give us the strength. Like the, I know I keep saying that, but that is the key. You cannot grieve alone. And I want to then say, you got to invite others into it. You can't do it yourself. So let me give another tree picture because I feel like visuals are really helpful. So I love, in, I live in California and I love to go see trees. And so we have the Sequoia national park here in our state. And so I remember the first time I went there, it's the biggest, largest trees of all the world. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, their roots must go so deep. Like I could just picture, cause I like to think of a tree. Like if you can picture a lake, like what matches the top would be equal to below to have the strength. So I thought, well, gosh, if this tree's hundreds, hundreds of feet tall, the roots must go hundreds of feet. Well, then I was surprised to find out that was not true. And I thought, oh my gosh, what, what, what do you mean? That's not true. This is totally messing up my whole, like my whole thing I share, but this is what I learned, Rachel. Listen, how cool this is. They don't go deep. They go wide mm -hmm. and they interlock tree roots with the trees next to them. Aww. So they're actually stronger in community. So this visual was like so powerful to me because I thought, okay, when we're going through grief, we had to do two things. We got to go deep with our faith with God. That's where the depth happens. But we got to go wide and interlock tree roots with faith friends. Now, I don't say every single person you tell every single thing to. You have to think about who do you want to interlock roots with? And this is a great question to pose to even your teenagers or if you have kids that you work with like in a, a small group or something. Who are they locking roots with? This is a big question that you want them interlocking roots with someone of similar values. And so I call them faith friends because you want them to be someone that's going to uplift you. So when you have that day, like today, when I called my friend, she's not going to just tell me something that wouldn't be good for me to hear. She's going to actually pour truth into me. She points me back to Jesus. We prayed for each other. That's a friend I want to interlock roots with. And so I think if you are finding yourself right now in the middle of heartbreak, you have these two things, I would say, find someone. It could be a Christian counselor. It could be um, a support group at your church. Oh, there's so many great support groups. And when I lost my baby, there was one called Empty Arms. It was a group for women. Uh, and actually you went together as a couple and you grieved the loss of your baby. So there's lots of places you can find faith friends. Um, but I think you need both to grieve well and to, and to grow your roots deeper. So that's probably where I'd say to start. 
Oh, deep and wide. That is such a picture that I will not forget. And then we all need to pray for who is, who are those faith friends for each of us. So today, you know, we, we are talking about how a little perspective goes a long way and you address this in your book as well. So how can we expand our limited perspective into God's bigger picture to cultivate those deep roots as he redeems our pain? Mm, okay. Well, first of all, I just love that God redeems our pain. He doesn't sit us like we don't, we're not stuck. Like he never wastes anything. So if someone's listening right now, every tear you cry, every pain and hurt you feel, he's not wasting that. He's going to use it. And that's the perspective I want you to think about. Cause a lot of times when we see our picture, if we think of like a puzzle, I love to do puzzles. We see one piece of the puzzle. And we're like, God, I don't know why you gave me this piece. Like, I don't know why I have divorce in my picture or miscarriage or cancer or whatever it is. Maybe you have someone that died from suicide or you have infertility, whatever your piece is. And you're like, God, why do I have this puzzle piece? I don't want this piece, but God sees the whole picture. And so maybe that piece is going to make you more empathetic and compassionate and help someone else that's going through that. And you wouldn't have had that if you hadn't walked it. Like I couldn't have helped those people that lost a, a you know baby after me, if I hadn't lost a baby, I wouldn't know how to empathize with them on the same level. I could sympathize with them, but it's different when you've walked it, right? But maybe it's even bigger than that. Maybe God wants to use it in a bigger way than you could have imagined. I think about my ministry. I am a school teacher. I teach science. I never sought out to write a book or to have a podcast. All of this was birth from the pain. And in the middle of when I was reading all the books, God spoke in my heart and said, you need to share what you're learning in the midst of your pain. And so I started a blog. It was in 2014. It was horrible writing, Rachel, if anyone wants to go back and read it. Um, it was just like, think, like book recommendations, things I was learning, but God was starting to grow in me a message that later became a book and a podcast, right? But I had no idea. And if you would have told me when I was walking through those heartbreaks, this was going to happen, I would have thought you were crazy. I'd have been like, what? But God redeems it in different ways for every person. Maybe you're not going to write a book and maybe you're not going to start a podcast, but maybe you're going to start a ministry at your church. The empty arms ministry was started by someone who lost a baby, right? You, who knows how God's going to use it. So if you could get out of your head that this is wasted, this, why would God put me this and think there's a purpose and maybe I won't always know. And that's why I want to be honest and say, sometimes we don't know this side of heaven, what the purpose is. Um, I feel like the loss of my friend, I'm still struggling with the purpose of that. Why I, I don't see it yet. I do see the law the, that it did help me, you know, become more empathetic in other ways, but I still am wondering, God, well, how are we going to use this? Um, and so, you know, as I see her kids grow mature, I see a lot of their growth as depth and they have so much depth to them because of that. But it's still, I still sometimes struggle with why. So that doesn't mean it's going to make it everything tie up with a red bow. Like I don't want anyone to think that's what I'm saying. Nothing ties up with a red bow, but if you can see that God is not going to, he's going to use that. So let me give this example. Cause when I read the Bible, I love to put myself in the shoes of the person in the Bible. It just, it's a way I try to like empathize, like get into the emotions. I did so much emotional literacy after my divorce. So let's talk about Paul. So Paul is like a pillar in our faith, right? So imagine you're Paul and you're on this speaking ministry and you're sharing the good news of God. And all of a sudden you end up in prison and you're like, what? So let's enter into his shoes. Like, this is what I would say. I say, God, what are you doing? Like I'm speaking, I'm winning hearts for Jesus. Why are you halting my growth and putting me in prison? Like, why are you haltering my ministry? Like I'm helping people know Jesus. Like, I don't understand. Now, he might not have been as dramatic as me and, and who knows, but I'm sure he had doubts. Like why am I here? But what happened while he was in those prison, those, those um, cells is he wrote letters to the churches. And at that time, he's probably thinking, I'm going to reach hundreds with my speaking, but God's like, no, no, you're going to reach millions with these letters because these letters have become books of the Bible and they're not going to become something you're, you're just going to outlive you. And I think sometimes we want 
to understand why it's happening right there and then. And I don't know if Paul ever knew. Like, I don't know if Paul passed away knowing that these letters became books of the Bible. But all I know is he has outlived himself and his faith and all, what we've learned. And, and that part in his ministry where he was sidelined was his greatest impact on the world. The place he didn't want to be. So if you're waking up right now and you're like, I don't want to be in this place. I don't want to be having another pregnancy test that says negative. Like, I want to have a baby. Or I don't want to be single. I want to be married. Or I, I want to be whatever it is, cancer-free, or I wish that this person wasn't sick or whatever. I don't know why that's happening to you. And my heart grieves deeply for you because I understand the heartbreak is so real. But God is still working even when you can't see it. And I don't know what that means and what that's going to look like for you. I think that's what hindsight 2020 is so a beautiful gift because we can look back 10 years later, five years later, two years later and see it. But that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. And that's the perspective I like to say, replace your finite view. That's that puzzle piece with God's infinite perspective, the whole puzzle. What's he doing? He's up to something big. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but if you can just try to see, ask God, give me some of your spiritual eyes to see this in your way. I think that's a beautiful gift in the middle of it. Oh, that is so powerful, Jody. I mean, there's so much in that that just ministered to me. I had goosebumps as you were talking. And I think <laughs> oh. that there's just such hope in that. And then the the ultimate hope for me, as I'm thinking about all of our heartbreaks, is that when we're in heaven one day, like there will be no more tears mm. and no more pain. Like our heartbreaks will oh, finally yes. go away and praise the Lord um, for that. So yes, I love as, that. As we're as we're coming to a close, I'm kind of asking the same question, just tailored a little bit differently to the topic. But you know, like we can all be undergoing kind of the same set of circumstances, but our perspectives can be completely different. And you kind of alluded to this, like my circumstances didn't change, but my perspective did. And that inner work, that depth, so much of it, it really is on the inside. And um, so, how has a little perspective gone a long way in your own life? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a great question. First of all, I love that it brings in your book. So I loved your book, by the way. So um, you know what? I love to give stories. I feel like people relate to them. Can I tell one more story of a tree? Absolutely. I think this is going to, I think it's going to give some good perspective. Okay. So anytime I'm reading a book and there's a story about a tree, you know, get out the, the pen and start highlighting and underlining because they, they speak to me. And so I was reading a book called Detours. It's all about Joseph's life, which by the way, Another person in the Bible that I love to study is Joseph. So if you are scrolling through grief, Genesis 37 to Genesis 50, get it out. He has walked through so many detours and how he navigated his grief was amazing. But in the book, it's by Tony Evans. He talks about this man who ends up in a forest and he is just ready to give up on God. He's like, I can't take this anymore. He must've been walking through something so hard that he just couldn't sense God. And he said, I'm ready to give up. And so God said, tell me what you see around you. And he saw ferns and he saw bamboo. And so God said, okay, well, when ferns first grow, right away, you see immediate growth. They start growing, but a fern just grows to only so big, right? But then if you look at a bamboo, he said, for the first five years of a bamboo's life, you see no external growth, Rachel. All five years, the growth is going down for deep roots. Why? Because bamboo is a hundred feet tall. And to be a hundred feet tall, it has to have that depth first. So I want to say to someone right now, I don't know why you're going through what you're going through but maybe God's wanting to take you higher than you ever thought you would be. Maybe he wants to grow a ministry in you or birth. I don't know about you start a Bible study or whatever it is. I can't claim it. God knows what he has in your heart for you. 
but he knows you can't, he can't take you there until you've gone deep first. And he's right now, you're in that unseen growth, that place that you're like, God, I don't want to be here, but he has you there. And for maybe it's not going to be five years like bamboo, but it's going to be a year of that deep rooted growth with all that God's working on is depth for you because he wants you to soar. And he knows he can't take you to that height if you don't have the depth because you'll just crumble. When a wind, gust of wind comes, your whole tree will fall. He says, I want to give you those deep rooted growth because I have big plans for you. And so that's that perspective of maybe that's what's happening right now, that character development. He knows where he's taking you and maybe you can't even see yet. And maybe it would scare you to death if he knew, if you knew where God had planned to take you, but he's saying right now, you're not ready for that, but all I can do is grow you. And this is the heartbreak I'm choosing to use to that deep rooted growth. You are now being forced to like depend on me in a way you never did before. And we're going to grow deep roots. And so I love that image of the bamboo. When you're struggling, think of bamboo. I don't want to be a fern. Who wants to be a little fern? I want to be a hundred foot tall bamboo for Jesus. But that means I have to have five root years of deep rooted growth before. And so I just think that's a good perspective to take away of maybe you're in the middle of that, that deep unseen growth that that's hard because it's just between you and God and it's not really affect. No one else sees it and it could be very lonely, but just know that you are doing some really good heart work and some really good work that God can use then in ways to help others in ways you'll never know. And so I love that. I think about Joseph. He had to do that work first. Joseph was not ready to go and be the second in command. So how did he get him to have that work? Detours. He went to the pit, to the prison, right? Potiphar's to the prison. I mean, it was, anyways, I can go on and on about Joseph, but just wanted to share that. Hopefully that gives someone some perspective. Yeah. I mean, this whole conversation has given me such a new perspective and given me grace and empathy for those that are going through their own heartbreaks too. It's, it's such a, you know, like when we are going through something and in the middle of it, I think that's the prayer, like, Lord, help me to see you in this and help me to see the bigger picture that you may have for me in this. And so if we could only see everything from that eternal um, lens that that would be my prayer for all of us listening today. So Jody, you are just always such a gift to me. And I just appreciate, um, you and your ministry and your book and your podcast and in your friendship. And so thank you for helping us to realize how heartbreak can grow us and build our strength and for showing us how a little perspective goes a long way. Thank you for having me, Rachel. It's been a joy to share. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Jody Rosser. We pray that today helped to give you a new perspective on what you've gone through, your heartbreaks and your pain, that you would realize that God is using those for a purpose and that you're healing and growing through everything that you're going through. And so this week, our little task is to offer someone your outside perspective. They may be struggling to recognize how much they are accomplishing or to see God's presence in their present situation. Help them to see themselves the way that God sees them. If you're interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive your weekly love offering newsletter. And all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. You can also listen to previous podcast episodes. You can read the blog series. You can buy the significant merchandise. And you can download free resources like the conversation guide, guided journal, and the list tracker that go along with the print devotional of A Little Goes a Long Way. You can also contact me to come speak to your church group or your retreat or your women's conference to discuss more of this 
this significant message, how a little can go a long way. Also check out my website for the word of the year quiz for 2023. You may be thinking about what's my resolution? What are my goals? And so this is a great quiz to get you started. Again, you can find that at rachelkadams.com slash free. Next week, my guest is Hannah Anderson. Hannah is on the show talking about how a little song goes a long way. So I can't wait to chat with you again then. But until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love.